Hey guys, I'm here today with Michelle Lynn, the owner of ML Interiors Group, which she started back in 2008. And this September, last September, this September, she just launched a new course for interior designers, which is called Design for the Creative Mind. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited and honored. Me too. So, okay, Michelle, first of all, I think you're the first Michelle I've interviewed. So that's <laughs> fun. Is that huh? possible? I must, I don't know. I guess it's possible. I would remember that. Um, okay. So you've run your interior design business for a long time. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, is, is that your first career? Oh, um, no, actually it's my third. Okay. Tell me your backstory. Tell me all the things then. Long okay. story short, I was working in corporate, um, okay. completely different environment. It was a boutique recruiting firm here in the Dallas, Texas area. I was an area director. We placed accounting and financial professionals, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it, was, um, it was, I love the people I worked for. I love the people I worked with and I was making a bucket of money. Well, that little boutique firm sold to a larger corporate entity and I had already worked for a corporate recruiting entity prior to that. And my motto is if you do the right thing, the money will come. But when you're working for a corporate environment and you're placing people in jobs, all they really care about is how much did you charge for placing that person? Right. So I literally said, okay, God, what next? And I have always been good at like organizing and designing and stuff like that. So I, I started my business mostly with home staging. Okay. So in 2008, of course, that's when the market crashed here in the States. I got married that year and I decided to start a business. It was an easy year. Yes. <laughs> um, I stair-stepped out of management. So it took me about two years. I was um, working part-time until 2010 when I was able to finally actually make the leap and go full-time, just balls to the wall. Yeah. My business. <laughs> I can right. I couldn't well, think heck yeah, you can say <laughs> that. I loved it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it and I really liked it. Yeah, I'm trying to edit any um, swearing on here. No, but, you don't have to do that for my podcast, I promise. Okay, I listened to quite a few of them. Um, so that's, We don't go crazy or anything, but I have no qualms with swearing. <laughs> Swear, if it comes out, it comes out. It's all fun. Sometimes it's fashion. It's the only word I can come up with. Exactly. So I saw that you like to swear. I read that. Yes, so. yes, yes. yes. Um, keeps things interesting around the office. <laughs> So anyway, 2010, I went like total full-time and in the Dallas area, staging was fantastic. 2013, Michelle, the real estate market in Texas just skyrocketed. So while I was doing a lot of staging, what would happen is I would get a call on Mondays from say the real estate agent and they'd say, Hey, I need you to come stage the house on Thursday. Rock on. I'll be there on Thursday. See you then. They put a sign out in the yard that said coming soon. And they'd call me on Tuesday and say, we already have four offers. I don't need you to stage the house. So I had to immediately pivot yeah. business because it was just tanking. And I had been doing some design, decorating, redesign type of stuff. Um, but that's when I was really, my hand was forced and I had to really focus on interior design. And I have no staging anymore. The interior design has just completely taken over the business. Love it. Wouldn't change it. It's much more profitable and um, much more rewarding too. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I've never done staging. I'm like, truthfully, it, it doesn't interest me. I just, mm -hmm. I do really love being able to really curate a space and make it so personal. And Oh my gosh. It's, yeah. And it changes people's lives. It's yes. just 
such a, be- a more rewarding pe- career overall. Yeah. Love. So when I'm out of curiosity, when you started in 2008 and you went into staging, mm-hmm. did you make a conscious decision you wanted to do staging, not interior decorating and design? I didn't have the confidence. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't classically trained and I thought that that was a detriment. And you thought like you, like nobody's going to pay me to do that. So I'll do this instead kind of thing. Pretty much. And, you know, I look back now and I'm like, man, that girl needed a swift kick in the booty. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's the mindset. And I really think that that's, you know, having forced my hand to pivot into interior design and learn how to charge for it so I can make a profit. Mm -hmm. Because it's, I mean, holy cow, I had no idea how many details went into interior design. Like people think we're just fluffing pillows and picking out freaking <laughs> colors. I know. This is more complicated than the two other industries I worked in before starting this. I love that you said that. I literally just had a conversation with a con- general contractor today, like a, somebody I met online and went on to chat about like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And I fully said that. I was like, yeah, cool. I'll start this business. How hard can it be? I thought, you know, <laughs> it's, I do it in my own house all the time. And then you realize just how intense it is. I want to say one thing uh, before we move on. And I want to also note that I know that this is not what you were saying, but just for the listeners, because sometimes people hear things a certain way, um, we, neither uh, Michelle or I, Michelle, are saying that staging is less than. Um, she was saying that she uh, made a choice. I just want to make sure nobody here is saying that stages, uh, staging is less than. Um, that was just what she I thought think- in her experience. Um, it's all what is important and valuable to each in our own Thank you for that clarification because you're absolutely right. I think anybody selling a house needs to stage it 155%. I think the individuals who do the home staging are amazing. And I actually refer staging to my staging friends. And a lot of the staging friends don't even want to come close to doing design because exactly it's a yeah. long process. And so we, we give referrals back and forth. So thank you for that clarification. I would never... Yeah. And I know that you weren't, but you know, sometimes it, like we listen and we hear things a certain way. Yeah. So you make the pivot from staging to interior design. And what was the biggest learning curve at that point then? I had no idea how to charge. Yeah. How were you charging when you were staging? Was it like a per job, just like flat fee type thing immediately? It was flat, it, yeah. If it was, if it was an occupied staging, it was kind of a flat fee slash hourly, depending on what was needed. And then I also carried a warehouse full of inventory. Oh, you did. So when it was a vacant property, it was, I, it, it ended as it was a percentage of the list price. Um, and then of course that would vary depending on the list price of the home. Yeah. So there was a minimum. Yeah. And um, do you still have that inventory or did you end oh, up selling it? I sold it um, just literally 2013. That was a lot of work trying to keep the doors open. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 2013 rolls around, you make a huge pivot. And Mm -hmm. what does that end up looking like? Is it a bit of a struggle at first to find clients? And so actually, I know. Yes, no, a little bit. Um, (laughs) I sound like like a politician. I can't answer the question. (laughs) No, Um, you're good. (laughs) So it was, it was, I was finding more projects that were not at the luxury level that I wanted to serve. Yeah. Once I wrapped my mind around the fact that, Hey, 
I'm going to do interior design, interior decorating, those types of things. Um, I was getting jobs. Uh, uh, and a lot, actually, I still work with two clients that I staged their house. And we okay. built that relationship and I've helped them design their houses as well. And then they would send referrals. And uh, of course, I dropped some money into SEO so that things were getting a little bit shifted around in, in, in the calls and so forth. I wasn't too active on social media at the time, mm-hmm. um, but I learned that pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, right. It's amazing I mean, what pretty pictures can do. I know, it's so true. And so um, when you first started, were you doing decorating only or were you taking on renovations? I was actually decorating only, building up my confidence. Um, but I mean, I look back now and it was only, what was that? It was, let's say 2014. So that was like five, six years ago. It's just crazy the difference between then and now as I've started. I I came from the the two different industries and knew that I had to have processes and procedures built into my business. And so that learning curve of what the heck needs to be done in a project was all self-taught, which is why I started the course because like nobody's out there talking about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So once I was getting my processes and my procedures solidified, I got more confidence and I started up leveling my presentation to my clients, to uh, my pricing to my clients and the deliverables. And I had a gal that was working with me um, who had done some renovations and so forth. So we went through and just made it up as we went. Yeah. Had a, had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Uh, I'm really, really proud of the work that we did back then, but I'm so very grateful for the growth that we've accomplished between, I guess, in the last five years, technically. That's so nice to hear how much can change in five years. Oh my gosh. That's so encouraging and exciting. Girl, no more shopping at, um, and I'm not sure if you have them in Canada, but like TJ Maxx and Home Goods and We have HomeSense, so yeah, but yeah. yeah. I've Very actually done, I've definitely cut some of my HomeSense visits. Um, mm-hmm. Just because every time I return my, well, I never, I never get furniture there just because I can't plan that. (laughs) It's impossible. Well, I don't know. I think you guys, I could be wrong. Does your home goods actually have an online store that you can buy as well? I don't know. Okay. Cause I feel like it may be okay. And that's the thing. Like if I'm something like, I don't ever buy furniture. Like I would used to buy like decor that way. But even now I rarely do it just because it's always the stuff I end up returning. I'm just like, don't even bother. (laughs) And because it looks cheap next to all the other good stuff. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and you, there are some good nuggets in there periodically, but, um, so basically are you saying you do a lot of trade, uh, almost all trade now. Yeah. And that's also one of our revenue streams. Um, and I, and now I'm confident enough that I share that with the client. I'm like, here's how I make money. Oh, do tell. Yeah. Tell me exactly how you have that conversation with your client. I am your client right now. So if you are my client, um, our first face-to-face meeting is what I call a meet and greet. Okay. And I bring them into the studio and I actually have prepared a presentation deck. And I joke about it. I'm like, look, I know this seems a little corporate. I'm showing you this presentation, but it keeps me on point because otherwise I get so excited. I'm going to have you hostage in my studio for two and a half hours when this should only take 45 minutes to an hour to kind of go through the qualification. And what on, on one of the slides, it actually shows, 
here's what you can expect in regards to um, fees and costs associated with this process. And they're in little bubbles that are kind of representative of the ratio, whereas like your purchases, your furniture, art, accessories, custom window treatments, et cetera, et cetera, that's going to be your biggest expense unless we're doing a major renovation. Yeah. And then I have my design fee, which I do flat fees. And so there's going to be that fee. But let me also tell you, Mr. Miss Prospective Client, is that um, something that you might not expect is that we have a procurement fee and we have a receiver fee. So my flat fee is based on basically square footage and it depends on how much or how little work you need done per room. And then um, the furniture, I basically, I purchase it at less than retail. It depends on the vendor. And what we're doing is we're getting um, a discount and I pass part of that discount onto you. But this is also where part of my revenue is, part of my money is made. And then we have the procurement fee and I walk them through like literally what it takes to order a pillow, a custom pillow, mm -hmm. all of the details that go in there and it scares them. It's like, holy cow, I had no idea that we had to talk, you know, that there's the yardage of the fabric, that there's the insert. Um, if you want a 22 inch pillow, then we need to buy a 24 inch insert. And then is it um, polyester or is it down? Is it a blend? If so, it's the ratio. What's the edge is going to be trim, blah, 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 blah. And so I explained to him, it's not like we're just hitting, put it in the cart and yeah. ordering it. So this is what procurement entails. So they understand I love that. Yeah. that there be associated with it because it's not like you're going to crateandbarrel.com and clicking on a pillow, putting it in the cart and that's procurement. Um, and then finally I explained to him about the receiver and how that's such an amazing service and how they don't, most of our trade, um, vendors don't deliver to your house. So again, we're not going to crate and barrel and nothing against crate and barrel, but when you're doing trade, this is why it yeah. costs a little bit more. So I literally, I put it up on a screen so they visually see it. I have some words that explain, yes, you do get part of my discount. Um, but this is also my revenue stream. And then I'm speaking to them. So I'm trying to capture all of their yeah. um, senses as yeah. to how people are going to learn. I love that. Yeah. And so just by being able to say, I, I, I buy my furniture, you know, at wholesale, but it's also not like I'm going to have the lowest price. If you're shopping on Wayfair.com and they're selling 60,000 of these rugs a year and I'm selling six of the same brand, you might find the same rug on another site or another store but it's not because I'm not sharing some of my discount. I just don't get the deepest discount because my volume is low. And do they ever say, well, can I just get it on Wayfair if that happens? I d yeah, actually, that's a great question. So I've worked it into my contract saying that anything that we specify, if you go elsewhere to purchase it, then we, are, um, we have the right to up to 25% of that, of the price that we quoted you. So, but because I say that again, them, sorry, explain that to me a different way, maybe. So you essentially, go yeah, you're when, if you go to Wayfair and you purchase that rug, then I have the right to 25% of what I quoted you on that same rug. Um, and, and actually I explained that to them when it comes to signing the contract, because that's in the contract. And I re, I, I, I reconfirm with them as you remember, when we met in the meet and greet, this is part of my 
um, part of my revenue stream, I can keep my design fee at this re- reasonable rate. Yeah. Because okay. I also make money off of selling the furniture. Um, and if you take money out of selling the furniture, then you're taking money out of my daughter's mouth. And I actually say that <laughs> my yeah. daughter's two years old. We're not going to get diapers now because you're going and buying. Yeah. She's not going to college. <laughs> exactly. She'll be homeless. The whole yeah. thing. And I so like this. Clients understand it. And I, I try to share with them that, and it, it's not an, an equal, uh, an equal calculation, but oftentimes if you, the, the discount that I get, that I share with you, um, I like to justify it when I'm spending money in my budgeting is that it kind of pays for the design fee. Mm-hmm. So you're paying less than retail on most of the, the products that I'm purchasing for you. So if you want to say that that savings could be applied to the design fee, it kind of balances out. This podcast is supported by Ultralux Linens. That's right, guys. And if you have not reached out or gone to visit Ultralux and spoken to Jacqueline or possibly Emily, then I've got to ask you, what are you waiting for? Because I've told you already that they carry over 75 brands of fabrics, Kravit, JF, Allendale, Avant-Garde, all the good stuff. You're going to get the exact same designer trade discount that you would get if you went to them direct. But the benefit is that they're all under one roof. So when you actually go look at fabric, you have all of the different fabric lines in one place for you to check them out. And when you're ordering the fabrics, you just have to send one PO. It really doesn't get much better than that. They also have a ton of wallpaper books. And when I go in there, I basically just tell them the vibe I'm after. And often Emily just kind of goes to various places, pulls out some books for me, and we're off to the races. They have over 5,000, that's right, 5,000 square feet of showroom and it's filled with custom furniture line. They've got bedding, linens, towels, so much stuff. It's insane. It's amazing. And the best part is they just recently opened their workroom. I already got some drapes up in my home, which I absolutely adore. They do drapery, pillows, custom cushions, I'm telling you, whatever you need, they're going to do it. To learn more, go to ultraluxlinens.com or find them on Instagram, slide into their DMs. And of course, if you want to check them out in person, you're going to go to the Toronto International Design Center, second floor, whatever you do, make sure you tell them that Michelle sent you. Yeah. So we were talking, um, wait, so the flat fee case, flat fees. That's my uh, next question. Yes. So you were saying that the way you work out flat fees is a percentage of the overall budget? Um, I actually charge a flat fee based on the square footage of the rooms that we're working in. So Got it. it is, um, as you know, every design requires a different level of work. Mm-hmm. Maybe they already have a couch. Maybe they don't. Maybe the room is really awkward. Maybe the their outcome is very detailed. So for for our for my designer, so I have a team of two designers um, and a procurement slash onboarding specialist. Um, I've given them a range and basically says, um, "Hey, for a kitchen renovation." We charge between X and Y dollars per square foot, depending on how detailed it is. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if it's just a refresh, then it's a lower X and Y amount. And then if it is, um, let's just say decorating this, a room, it's, you know, an, it's, it's a range here. So what are we starting with? What do we need to end up with? Um, what is the level of involvement the client's going to want to be in and things along that line. So internally we have ranges and then we take a look at it and, um, we we take a look at it and then we have a minimum number of rooms that we will offer because we, we tell our clients it's a minimum number of rooms, but internally it's a minimum of roughly $10,000 that we need as a design fee. Oh, I like it. So, um, uh, it's funny. The podcast that's going live next week, we talk uh-huh. about flat fees and percentages. Ooh, it was a yeah. guest I had on before. So this is, uh, oh, whoops. Um, I was editing the podcast earlier. So this is all very top of mind for me. Um, okay. So out of curiosity, I assume like you came up with the percentages because you already have an understanding of how many hours it generally takes. Like you've been tracking that or no. So, um, so there, it's actually, it's not a percentage. It's the square foot. I'm so, so the, sorry. I don't the, know why you said that. The, it's because we talked about that when I was staging. Got it. There. Yes. So, and yes. also the podcast next week isn't percentage either. If I did say it, it's square footage, I don't know <laughs> yes. why I'm saying, okay, got it. So basically what we do is, um, base. So in my course, I actually teach exactly how I price and give suggestions to my students. Mm-hmm. What I share with them is you need to go back and you need to take a look at projects that you've done before and take a look at the time that you were tracking exactly, for how long yeah. it is. And then what you need to do is you need to be able to cross-reference your total dollar per square foot slash total flat fee for the room uh, itself and cross-reference and back into that. So if you're charging $5,000 for a room design, well, then how many hours does that give you if you were charging by the hour? And let's go back to that. If you're charging by the hour and you're only charging... 75 bucks an hour. Well then first of all, don't use that as your, um, as, as your measure, you you, you need to increase that amount and talk to your bookkeeper and figure out all of your overhead and all of those types of things. And how much are you really costing? Because it's not just your, it's not just your, um, salary and that's providing you're paying yourself a salary. Let's make sure everybody's paying themselves a salary first. Um, but then you have the overhead of even if you're working out of your house, you still have equipment. So yeah. I always say, go to your bookkeeper, find out exactly how much you cost per hour. And then at least um, two and a half times that for your hourly rate. And then okay. use great. that internally as a measure. But I do not, I, I am not a fan of charging by the hour anymore. And um, when did you, when did you, change to doing the flat fees versus hourly pretty much in 2015 so and that was good because I I was just out there like struggling like I said I was like holy cow now now I'm a designer not a stager and um I was just like you know what my my clients are shopping for the lowest rate so I'm becoming commoditized and then if I get real as we're getting really good at things I'm making less money yeah and then how do you justify, I don't know, 150 or $200 an hour to do interior, quote unquote, 
air quotes here into you're doing fluffing pillows and picking out paint colors. You know, I, I would tell that to people and they'd be like, I'm not paying $200 an hour, mm-hmm. especially, but, and then, but then I'm also like, but, yeah, but I'm not charging you for when I'm thinking about your project in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so all of that other time when you're thinking about something or you're cooking, yeah. like I get inspiration when I'm cooking. I'm like, Ooh, those colors look really pretty together. Yeah. This is what we should. Or like when you're lying in bed, not sleeping about their project. Right. So <laughs> That and, and revenue is limited by time. I mean, there's only so many hours in a week that you can work. So out of curiosity, you say, let's say it was $200 was your hourly rate at that point, right? right? Are you saying that, okay, how do I ask the question? Like, is it just the psychological way of delivering the information of a flat fee? Like realistically, you, I assume, I could be wrong, if you whatever your flat fee is, is covering the hours you would have spent, even if it was hourly. Absolutely. And here's the deal. So let's just say if your hourly rate's 200 bucks an hour um, and you're charging $5,000 for a room. And I, I'm not, I can't do the math real fast right here, but let's say you get done really a lot quicker. Yeah. Well, then you're just using the $200 an hour to set yourself a maximum number of hours that you're going to work on this project so that you're working smart. Yeah. And let's just say that number's 40. Okay. Okay. Well, what if you get it done in 30 hours? Well, then holy cow, you just made, I don't know, making this up $300 an hour. Yeah. So if you work smart and quickly, then you're making, you're putting more money in your pocket. And when it comes to actually delivering the message to the client, it's, it's a little bit more, um, the value is perceived as a more, from a more logical perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, they can quantify it. As opposed to saying $200 an hour, well, like, how long are you going to keep charging me for? Right. And that, and that's what we tell them. It's like, look, I'm going to tell you it's this amount of money. I'm not going to come back to you and say, oh, well, it took me 18 hours to do this, uh, to find a couch. So there's no concern of how much is this going to cost me? They know exactly. Here's what I'm paying. And then our scope of work. Um, so we walk them through this entire process and it just builds on each other. But when we show them the scope of work, they know exactly line by line by line by line what they're getting by room, mm-hmm. how much the room is costing them. So if we go through and we're doing a whole house design and it's, um, I don't know, $75,000 for the design fee alone, not the procurement, not anything else. Um, and they're like, oh, well, hmm, I don't think I feel like paying that much right now. Let's do this and take out these three rooms. Yeah. They can see exactly right then. And we can sign the contract right then by simply doing some math yeah. and saying, okay, great. Then we won't do those three rooms. Here's your revised price. Scratch, scratch on the contract. Let me pencil this in. You initial it. I initial it. Here we go. Boom. Write me the check. See Got you it. Um, so my question to you is this then. Um, what those numbers are obviously bigger to say than just saying $200 an hour for you. Mm-hmm. Is that a big sticker shock that, I mean, yes, they understand the number, but it also, okay. So this, I was, this is what I was talking about with the last guest, which uh-huh. has been a thing that I'm trying to overcome and I can't crack the code, but it's like, you can have two designers, mm-hmm. even let's say one, you know, everybody, both of them are giving an hour estimate or a flat fee or whatever, right. but, um, Sometimes people in industries will quote 
the best case scenario, which is not the true, like I didn't include the countertops kitchen company does this, right? This just happened for me, for example. And it's not in first you're going, Oh, that one looks less, but it's really not when you start to actually get real. And I have found that I am the person I am very real. So I give them very real numbers because I don't like confrontation later. But what happens to me, I feel is like I'm scaring people off. So is this a side effect and how do you overcome that sort of thing? So basically what we do is um, I've created a process and we start. Um, so we start with a discovery call. Yeah. So in this process is a discovery call. And I absolutely um, recommend if anybody has the opportunity to outsource those discovery calls to an assistant or to a VA. I want to talk to you about that. Yeah, you're a specialist, you called it, oh right? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, she's amazing. And it removes you. So I, I have found through my private coaching clients and some of my students that we all just want to please our clients. And so we oftentimes overpromise because we're like, oh, I just want to make them so happy. And oh, I know I can do it. But at the end of the day, it's a business. You know, when it was my, when it was my hobby and I was working for wine, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was one thing. But um, we start by setting the expectations just preliminary in that discovery call. It's like, okay, so what is your budget? How much do you want to spend? And so forth. Kate gets all that information, puts it into an event. The next step is, and and she'll pre-screen them if they're not realistic. Like you only want to spend $10,000 for a kitchen renovation. Um, She will share with them, you know, so-and-so. I I don't know. I don't think that that's something that we can do because our fee alone would probably be $10,000 or more. And to renovate a kitchen in our experience, it's been, um, you know, 20 to 40 to a hundred thousand, depending on how big your yeah. kitchen is or, and, and more. So she does a little bit of pre-screen. If the client's like, oh, well, I do have more money. That's just what I wanted to spend. Then we'll, she'll set up a meeting. We actually meet them in the studio. And then that's when I go through that whole slide deck that I had talked to you about. Mm-hmm. And that's where we, um, we show them a sample presentation of a project that we've done previously. And it doesn't necessarily align with theirs or their style. And we give them that disclaimer. It's like, hey, I'm going to show you this. So you understand what our deliverables look like. And it's not just rainbows and fairy dust and poof, your house is beautiful. Yeah. Here's the steps we take. And I actually bring, um, I, in my welcome packet, I give them, I call it the ML experience. And what I've done is I've broken down like the four phases of design, the research, the development, the procurement, the installation. I've broken those down into um, 16 steps. Mm -hmm. And I I jokingly call it with them. It's like, this is the 16 steps of sanity. This is what every single project is going to run through. And we might skip one or or another if we're not doing major construction or anything. But still, we're going to have a trade day because our workroom needs to come out and measure your, your windows. So I walk them through this. And then getting back to your question is I'm priming them to let them know like what, what sort of fees they might be expecting and talking to them about how much do you want to spend? How much are you willing to go up to? And then I've already understood a little bit of that through the pre-screener. So mm-hmm. my, so my mind is not taken off guard when they say they only want to spend $10,000 on a kitchen. Right. Because I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend 45 minutes with somebody that I know can't afford it. Yeah. 
So, so at that point, I'm like, okay, so the question's probably going to be about budget and so forth. Well, I can tell you that we charge by the square foot. It's by the, it's by a, it's a flat fee. So when I tell you exactly what it's going to cost, um, I'm not going to come back to you asking for more money. I'm not going to send you invoices every week and, and, you know, just bombard you. So you feel like you're bleeding money to me. Um, and then we're working on kind of a budget just based on our experience. And we yeah. tell them, look, I will have a, a budget range for you. If we get to the point of creating a scope of work and signing a contract. So I will be able to tell you approximately what you can spend. In the meantime, this is kind of what I'm guesstimating yeah. based on what you're describing. But I haven't even seen any pictures of what your style is. I haven't anything. And then if they're asked, if they press me, and here's what I have found is that if somebody keeps asking me how much I cost, how much I cost, how much I cost, they probably can't afford me. That is the exact same. Anybody who leads with cost rarely can afford it. Right. So that's a little bit of a red flag. And I'll basically tell them, you know what? If you want on average, you could probably say it's, um, and I'm just throwing this number out here. It's, it might be like $5,000 a room for my design fee. So you've seen what we can do. I don't know what your house even looks like or what it's going to entail, but if that's not something that you're comfortable with, then we might not be the right resource for you. Yeah. And, and that's, that's totally good. But on the other hand, that's for my concierge level. I have created a modified concierge level where you're still going to pay my design fee, but remember that procurement fee and that receiver fee that we talked about is going to be included in this concierge level of service. Well, look, we can cut the cost. And, and eliminate that, you're still going to have to pay my design fee, but I'll, I'll deliver a modified design for you. And what I mean by that is that you're going to be the one doing the shopping. So I will specify, or I say I, it's mostly my team now, um, what purchases you need to make, where they need to go, and how you need to arrange them. And then you just go hit and, and I'll give you the hyperlinks and all of the documents and so forth. After we've shown you the presentation, we've made our revisions or reservations. <laughs> um, <laughs> Think about dinner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I'll give you all of that. And then you go, you go do all of the shopping. And then if something's out of stock, then you know what it should look like. You know, this, you know how big the couch should be, or you know how big the, the rug should be. Then you're going to have to go find its replacement. But on yeah. the other hand, you could wait for, you know, Black Friday and get some really good sales yeah. and save even more money than what I've totaled it up for you to be. So we've worked on finding a way to not turn away as many clients. But at the same time, I think if everybody's accepting your prices, then you're priced too low. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So that means you can like, might as well be pushing it higher and really get clients who can and, and get you know, the projects that you really want and whatnot and, and make it really worth your while and juggle less clients to make more money. And, and they're much more, they're much more rewarding projects because my, my designers um, just love to flex that creativity. Yeah. And I love to see that I, I oversee their, their design. So I've worked myself out of a job because they're better designers at this point than I am. That's Which awesome. Is, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Is that hard? Was that hard? Like, I don't know if I, like, I'm a control freak and I'm like, 
Was that hard to do? Um, uh, so I love building the business as much as I love building a beautiful room. Yeah, so I'll be honest, I, I can do too, but... I had another out, a creative outlet that it allowed for me. And, um, and honestly, I just, this sounds funny. I'm such a, I'm such an introvert that expending that much energy building relationships. Well, and it's not really the introversion, but I don't, I don't, I don't like to have, the I've talked about this before. If I could just be sitting at my desk in a room alone every day, I'd be totally happy. (laughs) But that's also what I loved about staging was like, you're in, you're out. You don't have to, you don't. I do love that about like certain like consultation only. Do you also have consultations like where people pay for a consultation only? Yeah, we do. We call it designer for a day. Mm -hmm. And basically it's just going out and giving our opinion, giving solutions. We're not moving furniture. We're not, um, you know, we might do some staging and some styling and stuff like that, but more likely we're just telling them, okay, so here you should get, you actually need a couch that's 102 inches. That's why this feels so awkward is because it's 72 inches. Yeah. So this is what you should get. And you should go maybe taupe or kind of a taupey gray, but don't actually go gray because it's going to be too cold and that type of stuff. And do you write it down for them and give them notes or you're just like, I'm, we're going to, we're talking here, you're taking notes and it's on you yes that um we we used to go back to the studio and write it all up and type it all up and all of that sort of jazz but at the end of the day it's their responsibility um it's almost like you take yeah it's it's hard those things it is their responsibility because and it's a thing I struggle with like the concierge level like you were talking about like uh part of what we do at a concierge full service level is you know you can design a room and do everything, all the planning in the world. But the truth is, once the execution happens, sometimes things change when you see yes. things happen in real life. And part of our job is being able to make those pivots or tweaks along the way to get that perfect end result. Yes. But when you don't, when you're not included in that stage, I get really stressed about what they expect. And oh, like it, and I've started using more verbiage around like, and this was because I talked to a guy who's a flat fee expert about, you know, you know, the, the more you pay, the more of a level of confidence and guarantee that you have versus, right. you know, if you're executing, then, you know, there, there is a level of uncertainty in the end result mm-hmm. that you take on, but that's the, that's the trade-off. It is the trade-off. And more often than not, our consultations are not so detailed that they, that they're left open hand, like, like wishing they had more. Mm-hmm. So our pre-screener, Kate, does such a good job as they're talking. Like she'll find out that they call and they're like, hey, I just need a couple hours consultation, blah, blah, blah. She'll dig deeper into it. She's like, I think you might need a little bit more. And we do have some other services that are not concierge level. Um, why don't you come in, meet the team? I'll let them know about our conversation. And they can kind of offer you some solutions. So it might be like these two rooms, you just need a modified concierge. And then this one room, we can totally just do a quick um, consultation. So sometimes we blend it or maybe they need an e-design where we actually make the rec- the, the actual recommendations mm-hmm. and then they implement it as well. But we don't go out, we don't measure, we don't do anything like we would do for the modified or anything like that. So, 
So, okay. So just for my own clarity, the consultation, when you say it's not so detailed, like, can you elaborate on that just a little bit? So like, yeah, help, help me understand that a little bit more. And, and who is the right fit for that, I guess? Because it sounds like you're saying there's a specific type of client that that's helpful for, whereas there's other clients it's not. Yes. So it's a great fit for individuals who might just need some of the finishing touches. So, hey, something just doesn't feel right in my room. Okay. Oh, you know what? Why don't we go over here and get these pillows off of your den couch and put them in your living room? And then in your living room, why don't we take this, put this in the guest room? So like we'll go through and we'll do some of the smaller things. And then we'll say, you know what, what you need over here is a lighter, brighter colored pillow. That's why this corner feels so, you know, desolate. And so this is what you need to do here. Actually, I was just at Pier 1 or West Elm or whatever the other day. Um, Let's pull up that website and I can show you which one I think would be great. So we could do that, or maybe it's paint colors. And so we can go in and we can say, here's the three that we would, that we would try. You need to go get samples and here's how you put it up on the wall and then um, look at it from all different lights, all different times and so forth. And then we'll joke, you know, you're watching that HGTV and oh boy, they just picked the first paint color and put it up on the wall and it's perfect. That's not the case. Yeah. So here's the three and here's why. And then we'll even tell them, this is the this is a great color, but you should get it at 50% of its strength or 75% of its strength because it has all of the right tones to it. Like it doesn't read pink, it doesn't read blue, it's just a true natural color. Um, so those are the types of clients that, that do well with our consultation. If they want us to say, hey, you need to put two chairs and the two couches and a rug and stuff like that Mm. and that doesn't work as well because that comes down to the space planning that we need to drop into our software and confirm I really enjoy this explanation it's kind of like too so this is where because I'm a perfectionist who like is very detailed and I'm always like people please are we all are blah 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 whatever right but I get really like I didn't deliver enough. I didn't deliver enough. Or, you know, they, you say, okay, what this room needs is more texture. Like you're lacking texture. It's mm-hmm. flat. So what I want you to do is find maybe a pillow that has a really nice texture on it. Maybe it's right. like, whatever. Well, I don't know. What does but that then, mean so it's somebody who doesn't do design? Exactly. Or like, and so, or for example, you would never tell a person how to build a gallery wall, but you're saying like this wall, this needs a gallery wall. Oh, but yeah. that's kind of like it. And it's like, either you're going to execute that on your own, good luck, or you can hire me to do more. But right. you would never give the gallery wall design during the consultation. More often than not, that is absolutely correct. Okay. Now, the only exception would be, because there's always a freaking exception in yeah, our industry, right? For sure. So let's say you go in and they've hired you for two hours and the first 15 minutes you've solved their problems. And then they're like, oh, well, what about this gallery wall? then we've got another hour and 45 yeah. minutes or whatever. Pull out your art. Let's lay it down on the ground and I'll okay. show you what I would do. So yeah, like galleries in our e-design galleries in our modified is not really something that we offer yeah. just because it is, it's such a technical thing. Now I will refer somebody to you who will hang your art professionally, who can very well help you um, lay things out. Yeah. Would it be to my level of service? It's close enough that I feel comfortable stepping back and giving you his number. Well, I think the key thing 
is, well, you get what you pay for, but it's like the more involved I am and the more you're paying me to be involved, Mm -hmm. the more you can have the confidence of the end result. So if I'm not like, you want a gallery wall? Yes, you can do it. You can hire a guy. Is it going to be Michelle Bennett's gallery wall? No, but is it going to be, it depends on like, it's, it all depends on what clients value most. Well, then do you want it unique? I mean, you can go out and get white mat and black frame and it looks like everybody's. But on the other hand, like we did a super cute gallery wall where there was this guy and he um, he had this like fake boar's head or something. I mean, he just loved it. And so you could hang that, but then you hang like hang an empty frame around it so it looks cute. And then you go over here and you just do different things. Then you yeah. go, I call it getting designery. So like, yeah. if you want it designery, yeah, then the designer should do it. If you want it to look like Ikea, then go and get a bunch of those same frames and just Google, hang up. Google, uh, yeah, you can totally find <laughs> Ikea frame yeah. layouts online. And, no, and that's perfect. It works in so many houses, yeah. but it just depends on what are your expectations as the end result. So, and what you're willing to pay for and all of that good stuff. I love it. Okay. There was something that you said, um, Okay. So you have an onboarding specialist, which is what we were just talking about. And basically she, her role is to figure out, like to identify whether they should come and meet with you. Pre-qualified. Pre-qualified. And for you, it goes, and so a consultation, for example, would she determine right then and there just book one if she felt like it was the right thing or would there be another step to a consultation? No, she would go ahead and say, yeah, that's probably going to be the case. This yeah. is, because why waste the pros- prospective client's time to come in for 45 minutes for a meet and greet? Yeah. Like, only to confirm right. what she... For two hours of time later. Yeah. For it's sure. not worth yeah. it for you either. No. <laughs> As no, no, a return no. on, on time. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, we don't have very many consultations. No like we've probably in 2019, we probably did five. Okay, because for you, what you do is you just, you meet and you lock them into a project and then you go. Yeah, and, and for whatever reason, they just don't call us for it. So, well, it's funny because I have consultations because people who call me, I just, that's my process kickoff, no matter what. Oh. So that's why I have them. And a lot of the times it ends up being, not a lot, but some of the times I can't quantify it off the top of my head. It does end up being a consultation only because the clients can't afford I get a right. lot of very low budget inquiries, unfortunately, which I'm really trying to crack that code. So we've so we did similar process, and what we did is we kind of inserted. So our process goes the discovery call, mm-hmm. and then the in studio meet and greet, because oftentimes, yes, in studio meet and greet, and then we do the initial visit. So the initial visit that we do might be the consultation that you do. Uh, and is that paid for or no? It is paid for because it keeps the tire kickers away. Oh, but, okay. So you just don't call it a consultation, you call it an initial visit. And what does that do, look like? Yeah. Okay. So it is the initial visit, but it's also where we create the scope of it, it's what they pay for is not for our time. It is simply to weed out the kickers, tire kickers. And so a minimum of two designers go to the project this is where we take our initial measurements. So thank goodness for those laser measures. We yeah, take yeah. the basic square footage of the rooms that they're wanting addressed. We take photos. We walk through. At this point, we've already received 
their initial questionnaire. So we kind of understand their priorities, how they live, how they want to use the rooms, what's working, what's not. So we refer back to that. It's a little brief interview. And so then go back to the studio. We create a very detailed scope of work and we've already shown them a sample of it. So they understand. And then we are coming up with our pricing. So oftentimes we run our numbers and we're, you know, based on our, on our formulas and we run the numbers and we're like, Oh, that's like way too much. So we have to bring it down or, Oh my God, that's not enough for what they're expecting. So we have to play with it and say, okay, well, this room needs to be X number of dollars per square foot. This room needs to be Y number of dollars per square foot because they're different. And here's, Oh, here's a total that I, that we think is fair and it's a value. So it's still a luxury, but it's a value. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, how do you do the payment schedule for that? Is it all up front? Up front? Um, depending on the size of the project, it's usually 50-50. Yeah. 50% at the kickoff uh, or at the signing of the contract and then 50% on or before the day of the presentation. Oh, I had this was a question before I forget it. Um, your flat fee inc- um, includes the procurement fees? No. Flat fee is basically the design. Yes, that gotcha. is the design. Um, and then the procurement fee is, we are starting to also calculate it by the square foot, but what we've been doing is kind of a percentage of the design fee. Um, but then we've also kind of been running some numbers. So Kate, who has been a fabulous recent addition, um, started as our procurement specialist and then she has morphed into this other role of the, the, the pre-screener. Um, she's replaced another person who has, who's helping me with my course. So right. we just kind of had a bunch of people moving around. So what we've done with the procurement is as we were tracking time, we kind of came up with the fact that it takes about an hour and a half-ish on average per item for procurement. Got it. Now, what is procurement? That's like... Ordering, tracking, following up, uh, following up with the receiver, handling any problems, sending things back, um, okay. or just saying, "Hey, this is awesome," and then uh, and then blah, 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 scheduling the installation with all parties. Gone. So it's just from the moment that we receive the check from the client for the purchases to the minute that it's delivered on average is about an hour and a half per item. And so it might take three hours for one item and half an hour for another. It just all kind of comes together. Yeah. And, um, and then you have a fee for the installation day or week or days. That's a separate fee as well. So depending on the project, um, that's where I start to feel like I'm nickel and diming our clients. So oftentimes we will include that in our design fee. Um, and then because other, yeah, at that point they're exhausted and they're not super excited to shovel out more money. No, and they're also like so. What we do is going back to what does the initial visit entail? We bring them back for the scope of work. We bring them back into the studio. So the money that we charge them is for us to go out there, for us to prepare the scope of work, um, their pricing, and for us to bring them back into the studio. We bring them back into the studio. We go into more detail about our process. We answer what we. Um, I have a whole bunch of um, like FAQs and this is what you can expect. And here, remember that 16 steps of sanity, here's where we are. Here's more detail about it, blah, blah, blah. So it's a dog and pony show. So if they're going to pay me $10,000 for a design, they get a dog and pony show. 
if they're going to pay me $100,000 for a design, then they get a bigger dog and pony show. <laughs> this is where we bring them in and we have food and we might have wine and we just like oh, really make them feel that it's an experience. So sure. I love, yeah, well, think about like, um, you drive a Mercedes, you go down to their dealership and they're take they're, they're catering to you. Yeah. So that's our goal is to make sure that they understand this is a luxury service. So yeah. we're starting you off this way. Imagine what it's going to be like. Yeah. And of course, you know, if it's a $10,000 design fee, they're not going to get the same spread that somebody who's going to be paying me hundred thousand dollars is, yeah. but we value all of them and we bring them all back in. And that's also one of the things that I've learned is that if I'm going to be talking about money, I want to look them in the eye and explain to them, here's how much it costs. Here's why. Because oftentimes what I used to do is I would just send off the scope of work and the contract via email and there would be crickets. Yeah. And it's like, but dude, you saw how cool we were when we talked before. How come you're not getting back to me? Yeah. Well, if I have them right there, I can also assess their body language and the look. So they don't see pricing at all until they meet with you in person. Until they come back and meet with me in person. And then I walk through the, uh, a, another presentation on the wall with a deck. I go through the paperwork and then I pull out the scope of work. So it's a reminder like, Hey, and, and usually it's the, um, it's funny for the scope of work. It's usually when the husband joins the wife. So usually it's the wife all the way up until then. And then the husband comes and he's like, well, I want to see what this is going to be like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And see if he, I want to give this lady some money. Exactly. They want to trust you. I do. I can see that. Like, oh, do I trust sure. this person? Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, this is a huge investment. Um, it could be, you know, a quarter of a million, half a million dollar project if we're doing a lot of work. Um, but also what I have found has been the sealing the deal is our processes and our procedures that we outline to the client. It is the 16 steps of sanity. It is the checklists. It is the, the so I explain. It's like we have checklists for everything. We have client binders for everything. We have this amazing project management software. We do Friday follow-ups. By the way, we use Studio Designer. Okay, Studio Webware, um, formerly known. So, um, and we use that. We switched over and put our accounting on it too, not just for the project management. Oh, okay, it's been fabulous. Um, so, like, I'm walking them through. We run this like a business. So. It is is a business. And I think that gives them a lot more confidence. So we're sharing that with them. And then that visit when they come back is when, if they want to take a couple rooms off, we take a couple rooms off. And then I'm standing there literally with my pen, walking them through the contract. Like, look, this is a really weird industry. Let me share a few things with you. And then I go back and I, that's where I point out, like, if you go over here and you buy this at Wayfair and I presented it to you, I'm still going to send you a proposal that includes that amount that's due to me. So do you understand that? Yes, I do. Okay, great. So is it worth it to you to have to deal with all of the stuff that could go wrong? And sometimes it's, it's not, they they understand that. It's like, you know what, what's, and if they order it, you're not going to let them send it to your receiver. You're going to say, it's got to go to your house and you need to deal with it. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Because Wayfair will deliver, but you know, yeah. maybe my other people. I just also like the receiver because the delivery in one shot, because sometimes oh. you don't, because uh, yes. otherwise you get like the, I don't know how I feel about this little rug that showed up on its own, which is like. Yeah. Shoot me now. Uh-huh. Actually, somebody, I don't know who I talked to recently, somebody for the podcast 
It was great. It was brilliant. um, Because what happens when those are coming in, right, is people start judging what's happening. And it's like, you wouldn't judge your haircut halfway through, would you? Who told me this? Somebody remind me who gave me this amazing analogy, which I thought was so good. Yes, it's so true because you don't see the whole picture together. Yeah. And yeah, that's, it's, it's so very true. I don't like to that's deal a great with that. analogy. You don't judge your haircut halfway through. Yeah. 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 Sorry, but okay. And, um, couple questions, Ref- like I call them refinements cause it's less overhaul feeling, but yes. revisions. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that in your scope of work? Like, is it, you get two rounds or cause that can get out of hand. It can totally get out of hand. It's in our contract. Again, we're going through it and I have them initial some of these little weird things. And, um, in, so we're building up to it. Like I said, all of these steps go together is that we, in our meet and greet and in our scope of work, we tell them, look, you will love your design. And here's why it goes blah, 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 plus there's revisions Yeah. in the contract. We offer, I believe depends on the size of the project, but our standard is two revisions per room. Okay. And, that, and that's included in the design fee. After that you're charged I think like 350 bucks. So we make them oh, I see. think, do you really want to make this change? Yeah. Because oftentimes they're just like, well, what else is there? What else is there? What else? Is there? I want to see more. And they go back to the original. So <laughs> we, um, it so happens. So that's why yeah. we've added a, a chunk of change. I mean, 350 bucks to make a change. You better really want it. Yeah. And then, and, and also make sure you're smart and provide my feedback and revisions like all at once and not keep yes. sending new emails. And da, da, da. And sometimes there, there have been times where maybe we were off base a little bit and we didn't deliver exactly what they wanted. I'm not going to be a, a yeah. jerk and charge them that 350. It's like, Oh, you know what? You're right. I was kind of off. Yeah. I, I, I forgot that you asked for a red chair. It's exactly. being accountable. Right. I agree. A hundred percent. Just like I yeah. That's part of our core values. And that's, that's another thing we go over yeah. with them is like, do the right thing, period. Just do the right thing. And that's how we sleep at night. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, when you're presenting to them, the, you know, the design, the, the design, do you present more than one option for like a sofa? Like, how do you work, manage that? No, just best, best and final. And, and that's also something that we share in our contract is like, Hey, look, this might've been a better couch for you, but it was $15,000 and your budget for the room was 25. So what our selection is, is a $7,000 couch, but you get the rest of the room finished. Yeah. So we tell them the designer is going to bring you one of the, you know, the best product at the best price based on the quality, the budget, yada, 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 all the legal stuff that we put in there. And then, um, wait, I lost my train of thought. And then um, there are some times that the, the lead designer, like we can't figure out, like the lead designer can't make a choice. She's like, like they're both like, amazing. They're both so amazing. And so it's funny because we, we all collaborate on our designs. We joke that it's like buy one, get three free. Um, <laughs> because Kate has good, t- good taste too. But um, what we'll do is we'll kind of put it to a vote in the studio. And so if there's a vote like really heavily won, we'll just present that. 
But if we're all like, oh, you're right, those are great. That's when we'll give the client the option. We're like, we all love these. We can't make a decision. It's your choice. Yeah, <laughs> which is fun for them, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, do you, is you present, you don't determine the flat fee. I'm so sorry. The flat fee that you talk to in that initial meet and greet is a range. Uh-huh. And I assume that in that meeting, you're starting to understand, well, as part of your process, trying to get a read on how difficult a client might be, and you might have like a pain in the ass, go a little higher, mm-hmm. because you're like, these guys seem like they're going to be difficult. Yep. And hopefully none of our clients are listening to this podcast. No. And I have to assume <laughs> that if they did, they stopped listening like 45 minutes ago when they were like, there's nothing in here know, for this me. This is what we protect them from is all yeah. of this shit that goes on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But um, okay. Yeah. Because that's a big thing for me is like, there are Do just some clients that are so indecisive. They just can't make a decision to save their life. Mm-hmm. And I now I'm trying to be better at really understanding who is able to rel- like really like get like relinquish control and know that like I am going you've come to me to really help you and if you just cannot let go then but we'll also tell them so we yes I've run into that I totally agree so we'll tell them one of the questions in our initial questionnaire between the meet and greet if they want to move forward to the initial visit is how involved in this process do you want to be like how much time do you actually have? Yeah. And some clients are, they want to be very involved. And so we go to the initial visit and we're like, what does very involved look like to you? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we want to go shopping with you and we want to do this. And we want to do that. And then that's where we'll just straight out tell them that's not part of our service. Yeah. If that's something that you want, then we might not be the best resource. Here's your check back for the initial visit because we don't need to move forward. Yeah. Oftentimes they'll just say, and we'll exp- more often than not, that if they want to go shopping with us, we just tell them, look, it's, it's too overwhelming. It's yeah. like sending a kid to Disneyland without a parent. Yeah. So there's way too many choices and you're going to make yourself sick. Yeah. So what we do is we narrow it down. We bring it to you as an, as a whole, because let me just explain to you, Mr. Miss client that the house is looked at as a whole. It's not just the individual pieces. Yeah. And there are some times where we might find the perfect rug, but the rug isn't the right size for the, for the side tables that we want to put because the rug is going to be under the front of the side table and then it leans. So then we might be in love with the rug, but we have to change the side tables. And then so everything yeah. changes. It's a so domino, yeah. It's a domino effect. So this is why we don't necessarily encourage that. Now, if you want to maybe at a later date when we're getting to the accessorizing phase, then we might be able to do something together. But by then you're going to know that we have your best in mind and so forth. You trust so, me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then if they're cool like with that. that, they're cool with that. But if they're not, if they really want to be involved, then we'll also tell them, great. Well, it takes longer for me to go to the design center with you because you're so overwhelmed. So your fee is actually going to be higher because it's going to take longer for my process. Yeah. I'm going to have to pick your jaw up off the floor when you walk into the design center because it's yeah. so overwhelming yeah. and carry you halfway through. Yeah. So, and that usually deters them. Oh, okay. You guys just do it all. I love it. This has been amazing. I, okay. I want you to tell everybody what, so you have the course. Can you mm-hmm. tell people what the courses are, what you're giving them and 
all of that good stuff. I want to know yes. more about that. Okay. So the course is, and actually I have an offer for your listeners Amazing. that involves the course. So um, the course is called Design for the Creative Mind. It's the masterclass because I have other courses that go on after the masterclass. But the masterclass literally takes almost everything you and I have just talked about. So it takes um, the designer through create, I give them my processes and, and, and walk with, walk them through how they can edit them for themselves. So it is literally teaching them how to run a process based design firm, creating repeatable pricing practices. I share my pricing and I say, this is how I do it. You know, and then here's worksheets and exercises and so forth for you to figure out what works for you. Because we're not all at the same place. So and true. Sometimes it's just scary as hell to just lay out a $10,000 design fee. I mean, you really have to gear yourself up and have the mindset knowing that your value is there. And I also share so much mindset in the course. It's just kind of snuck in there because what I just said is like your value is $10,000. Well, your value is like a bazillion dollars. You know, yeah. you are a child of God. You are just everything. It is your design that is worth the $10,000. Right. So you have to separate yourself from what you're providing yeah. to the client. So the $10,000 is a big ask. Um, anyway, so we go through a lot of mindset. We come up with pricing practices I share a variety of different actual contracts, um, lots of bonuses. And gosh, you would have think that you would have thought that I'd have my little um, my little page in front of me sharing exactly what everything is. But it is teaching individuals how to run a business that basically runs itself. So there's more time to design. Absolutely. I actually came up with the whole holy crap, I'm about to do this because I left uh, a year or so, almost two years ago. Uh, for a month, we went and adopted a baby. Oh wow! And so I left the studio for a, a month, and we, I mean, it was domestic, so we were we were here. But the studio ran itself. I didn't That's have to do it. Incredible! And so that to me was a sign, like you know what? Put this together, share it with people, because yeah. I never knew what I was doing in the meantime. And this is how this is how you can run a business, and you're not running yourself into the ground. You have more time to spend with your family. You're not like stressed out that so-and-so is going to be calling you. So we talk about boundaries in there too. Um, Just all sorts of things that has been received with amazing feedback. Uh, Students who have tripled their prices with confidence because they understand how to explain it and having the processes and sharing it with the, the prospective clients has given the clients the confidence to pay it. Yeah. So it's just been, it's just, yeah, I'm so tickled to share this with everybody. So it's, I love it. And yeah. as part of it, also like sharing those, like those decks that you're taking people through um, in your initial. So in my, in, uh, what is it? The, it's meeting, the meeting, read an initial meeting. Yeah. And the scope of work. So I share the, <coughs> excuse me. I share the one about the pricing and how to explain it. I, I'm not sharing the actual decks. I do share the decks um, after the students have finished the masterclass. I offer a 12 month 
um, it's called the next level 12 month month elite coaching experience. Mm-hmm. So if they want to go further and deeper, then I actually share those decks um, because I have three of them. I have one for furnishings only. I yep. have one for furnishings and construction. And then I have one for construction only. Gotcha. So here's how you can differentiate um, the type of project. So you're not showing somebody who wants to do a kitchen renovation, how you're going to present their yeah. dining room. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I have loved talking with you. You gave like, th- there was a lot of very different processes in there that I, I have really got me thinking. So thank you so much you are for reaching cool. out. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Tell everybody. Okay. So tell everybody where okay. they can a follow you, um, find you for your design company. And then also oh. obviously, the um, coaching stuff. Okay. So for my interior design business, it's ML interiors group, as in Michelle Lynn, ML interiors group.com. Um, it's also ML interiors group on Instagram. We're super busy over there. I love, I love the gram. It's so much. Fun. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of behind the scenes, you know, we don't take ourselves seriously. And I think that's another thing that we all have to remember is like, yeah. just have fun. We're, We're not, not curing cancer. cancer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We're not working in the operating room or anything like that. So there's yeah. that. And then um, designed for the creative mind.com is where my course is. Um, you can't actually just Google it yet because there's not enough SEO juice or Google juice yet. So it's called designed for the creative mind.com. You can find the actual information on, on what's in the course there. Now, what I have for your lovely listeners as if they go to design for the creative mind.com backslash um real talk design mm-hmm. then there's a little offer page i have an annual review and planning guide it's actually for any business owner but it's designed for interior designers um any time of year i start it at the beginning of every year and then i go every quarter and just kind of measure myself okay then I have the masterclass, the Design for the Creative Mind masterclass. It's only released a couple times a year, but any of your stu- any of your listeners who go there, I will give them a hundred bucks off the course. And currently, it's listed at fourteen ninety seven. Like, and when does that start? Just because this might not air for like three weeks. That's okay because okay. yeah. So okay. what I'm offering is that your listeners can go and purchase the course even when it's not available to the public. Okay. What I'll do is if they purchase the course, then I will drop them into the next class that goes through, at which point we have a lot of um, private forums, some phone calls, interaction with me, those types of things. And the, the interaction between the students and that community is so amazing. So should they choose, they can get involved at that point and get more questions answered, but they can get all of the material immediately um, at a discount. So amazing. Yeah. And uh, that's all it's probably wondering why isn't she writing this down? I edit this, so I'm going to get those links proper. And for those people listening, it will be in the show notes, which are attached. I don't have a website for show notes because it's a passion project. A girl's got to manage her time. Um, but you can find the show notes um, in the podcast app that you're in. So there'll be direct links for them in there. Perfect. Amazing. Perfect. I'm so glad I met you. This is amazing. That was really awesome. I loved it. I get so fired up. It, it, I could do four more hours. So 
<laughs> Let's go. All right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, stop, like I stop, stop. stop. Yeah. No, I mean, I love it. That was awesome. Thank you so, so much. And I'm sure maybe we can do like a round two sometime where we talk about something else. Anytime. This is the stuff I live for. Well, amazing. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the other stuff. Yeah. Like after the stuff that you truly live for. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have an awesome weekend. Thanks, Michelle. You too. I really enjoyed some of that early process stuff. Very, very different than I've heard um, in, from other coaches or even designers. So there's some, there's a lot of things in there that, that got me, got my brain spinning a little bit, thinking, thinking about some stuff on all that, how I can kind of tweak things. I'm going to probably have to listen to this one again, because even she seems like she's got a real good handle on how to respond to clients in a very confident, direct way. And there's probably something I could learn from that. And I'm willing to bet some of you listening as well. So guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. If you haven't yet, I'm going to start reading some reviews on the old podcast, which actually reminds me, I'm going to do that right now because I promised it last week and I'm not one to not hold up my end of the bargain. So here we go, guys. I did not plan for this. Probably going to end up editing some of this out because this is getting terrible. Oh, I like this. Okay. This actually was just left last Thursday. It looks like it says Thursday and it was left. The name that shows up is Hannah Rich. Ooh, I like it. I hope that's her manifesting all the riches into her life. Uh, Okay, so it's, it's, thank you. It's five stars. Love this podcast. As a designer with six years in business, I find Michelle's podcast to be very informative because she asks questions that I might have thought to, I might have thought to myself, but never found the answer to. I have learned a lot and look forward to each episode. I also love that she is in Canada. Woot, woot. High five to Canadians as when she discusses pricing, it is relevant for my business as well. Keep up the good work, Michelle. Thank you so much, Hannah. I super appreciate it. So guys, if you leave a review, I might just read it on the pod. Also, if you're not already subscribed, make sure that you subscribe, tell a friend about the podcast. And of course, if you want to follow the journey a little bit deeper, you can of course go to uh, Facebook and go to Real Talk Design with Michelle Bennett. Guys, this is clunky, but I'm not going to redo it because I ain't got time for that. Um, Anyways, thanks so much, guys. I will see you next week. Bye. (laughs) 